Welcome everyone to the third episode of Sorry Not Sorry on January 18th, 2021. Today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing the Democrat hypocrisy of acting like they are appalled by violence and the big tech monopolizing to censor conservative views. And we'll also be examining the parallels between the Democratic Party and fascism and Joe Biden's agenda ahead of his inauguration on Wednesday. I would just like to give an update as well on my COVID-19 diagnosis to everyone. I am feeling much better, uh, and I'm thankful to say that I have tested negative as of last week, and I'm on my short term to recovery. just want to give a shout out to all the listeners and to remind everyone still to wear a mask when needed. And I'm truly thankful that it was not severe and I was able to do everything I usually do. Okay, so for them, so Democrats, they're inciting violence across the nation. And they're acting like they're suddenly appalled by the Capitol Hill violence. As many of you know, the Democrats impeached the president on uh, last week for inciting insurrection. That was the actual charge. But uh, the president's not going to be tried yet. He's likely going to be tried in the Senate at the beginning of the Biden presidency. Uh, so are Democrats also guilty of inciting violence? And should Kamala Harris be impeached? That's something I was actually hearing discussed a lot on podcasts by like Ben Shapiro, Rush Limbaugh, and those kind of things. Uh, well, first off, we know many instances where Democrats have incited violence during the past four years. Immediately following the 2016 election, they branded Trump an illegitimate president, and they attacked the election process. This incited violent riots on the streets of D.C., leading to Trump's inauguration. And then, uh, following Trump's inauguration, Democrats, in effect, legitimized these riots by refusing to, well, they refused to attend his inauguration, which legitimized the riots. But after the riots, we saw, after the inauguration, we saw more riots, and, Democrats legitimized it every single step of the way. They legitimized the riots on the streets. They, le- they delegitimized the election process. Maxine Waters told people to create a crowd and harass and commit violence against Trump supporters, cabinet, and GOP lawmakers. We saw BLM protests, which were branded as, quote, mostly peaceful by the media, but you could see buildings on fire in the background of their coverage. Madonna said she's thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. These riots... Uh, from BLM and Antifa during the George Floyd uh, killing and other events saw 700 plus injured police officers and reports now say almost 30 plus deaths from that uh, riots. We also saw businesses burned, livelihoods destroyed, cops killed, federal monuments and federal property and statues vandalized and some destroyed, yet these protests were still called mostly peaceful. What was the Democrat response to that? Well, none of them really condemned those vi- that violence. In fact, some encouraged it. Uh, Biden and Harris, they raised money for bail for these criminals. Democrats took meetings with these groups, they legitimized them, and supported them all the way until the election was over and the damage was already done. CNN clown Chris Cuomo has also said, Show me where protests have to be peaceful, because I can show you where violent protests has made America what she is today, in effect legitimizing the violence. AOC is calling for the doxing and cancellation of all Trump supporters and a commission to destroy right-wing media. This is fascism. This is insurrection. This is violence. And no way is it a justification for the horrible and condemnable Capitol Hill terror we saw, but that was only a few hundred people. What we saw from BLM and Antifa was thousands of people, legitimized by a press and a Democratic Party that did not care because they saw political expediency. Um, and so Democrats acting like that they are suddenly appalled by violence and they have an incited division is laughable. In fact, if they are going to impeach President Trump for some vague tweets, then they should impeach Kamala Harris because she raised money to bail out these terrorists like BLM and Antifa members who got arrested for throwing mollies and destroyed buildings and businesses and looting 
Uh, she raised money, and Biden did, for bailing out those people. And she tweeted out that the BLM riots wouldn't and shouldn't stop. For continuously supporting these criminals at every single turn, she should be impeached. We should impeach Nancy Pelosi for saying, quote, I don't know why there isn't an uprising across the country over the separation at the border. Maxine Waters should be impeached for calling for violence against government officials. This is the standard they set. Republicans have an obligation to hold them to it. Yeah, like I said, um, it's crazy. It's just, I don't have a lot on this topic um, because personally, Chris was spot on um, with his analysis of the Democratic Party wanting to incite violence. However, I feel like it is sort of hypocrisy when they tell us we should unite and then they choose to incite violence. You know, peaceful protests. Yeah. Peaceful protests aren't that aren't peaceful, you know. Um, yeah. I think one of the one thing that differentiates one from Republicans from Democrats uh, would have to be how we respond. You know, we aren't very I don't I know, however, that the riots were not the riots, but the uh, Capitol riots last week, or week before that, yeah, um, we're Republican, but if we lose an election, we don't riot about it. However, the recent Capitol violence changes some. We choose to accept the results and fight harder the next election. You know, when we lost in 2012, we fought in 2016. So... Like I mentioned in some earlier podcasts, there are Republicans who are extreme with how they act in violence. And there are Democrats how they act in, with extreme and violence. I feel like it is more Democrats when they are shown to do violence after being than being peaceful towards the discussions. And I think we should all condone the violence. It does not determine how a pop party is shown in the media. I think it gives a bad press. But I think it is largely Democrats who incite the violence. And I know... Both parties are violent. Most parties are peaceful. But the Democratic Party has never publicly said, you know, this is horrible. This needs to be changed. I mean, I remember watching the RNC this this summer, and they did not condone it. They said they did not say, you know, this needs to stop. This is ruining it. Because I remember when they were polling, and it showed that it was affecting Biden. And then they said, you know, this is affecting how we do things. So, but. Yeah, so talking about the Capitol Hill violence, did Twitter incite it? Or at least give it a platform display claiming that Parler did it. So the, federals, the federal government released a report which suggests that most of the Capitol Hill violence was planned on Twitter and Facebook and not Parler like many had suggested. The report connects various hashtags used on those platforms, various private groups, private messages, uh, and different threads uh, on Twitter and Facebook that were used to plan out and give a platform to the violence that occurred on Capitol Hill. Now, like, this would not be a big deal if Parler wasn't banned for being accused of doing the exact same thing. Parler was accused of inciting the violence and not providing sufficient moderating tools on their platform. Apple and Google removed them from their stores because they did not provide sufficient moderating tools and they were used to plan the violence on Capitol Hill. That's what was alleged. Well, we are now learning that Parler did implement moderating tools and Twitter and Facebook actually were the ones that were being used to plan the violence. Yet Parler stays banned. 
it 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 does not make sense and uh parlor basically is done like they have to rebuild completely they're not only banned on apple and google but they're also banned on the amazon server so they have to provide they have to find a new app provider they have to make new servers and rebuild their entire infrastructure and that might not be a worthy worthy investment uh, especially given that they're going to have more competition soon with Elon Musk and others looking at creating their own social platforms. Like, this just shows, though, that it was never about the violence. It's just about removing and suppressing the competition of the big tech monopoly. Like, big tech has violated antitrust laws by monopolizing and coordinating their attacks on their competition and opposition voices. These are dangerous times for free speech. Sure, Twitter has the right to ban who they want on their platform, but when you consider everything that's happened during this past week or two, it yields a troubling pattern. CNN is actively campaigning for the cancellation and banning of their competition in the media, despite saying that conservatives and Trump were assaulting the free press. They're actively campaigning for the banning of a free press competition opponent. Apple, Google, and Amazon and Twitter all coordinated to silence Parler, and members of Congress are being threatened with impeachment and censure for expressing their viewpoints on the election. Like AOC says, Ted Cruz. And more people are saying Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley should resign just for opposing the results of the election. Uh, AOC wants conservative media moderated and suppressed. Democrats are lobbying now for what they call a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to punish Trump, his cabinet, those who worked for them, and those who supported him. To erase the Trump legacy from history and further cancel any aspect of history they don't like. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey was caught by Project Veritas saying that their campaign to silence information and create their own truth will continue, and though it's just Trump's account for now, they said it's going to be way bigger than just one account. So, if Democrats have their way, expressing any view that they deem false will get you banned on every social platform. Your job will be lost, your relationships ruined, and your life canceled. Eventually, you will be removed from existence. This is what they want. This is why Trump fought so hard over the election. Democrats want not only complete control of power, but they want to erase the existence of their political opponents. They want to create their own truth. This is what many fascist countries have done. This is why Trump fought so hard over the election. I know I just said it, but it's worth repeating. Trump knew he lost the election, but he fought so hard because he knew the country would never be the same again. He knew he lost. He knew he lost the vote, but it wasn't about that. He knew America as we knew it was over. In addition, though, he did want to show the nation how he felt in 2016 when Democrats did the same thing to him over the election. But the Democratic Party, my overall point, is they're officially fascists. They're what they claim to be against. Think about it. Everything we've discussed on this podcast so far, not just today, but in the past two weeks. From threatening violence, demonizing their opponents, trying to erase their political foes from existence and history. The hypocrisy, the hate, they are what they accuse the right of being. How did the Nazis take control of Germany? Well. They got rid of guns, they banned God, got rid of church services, erased any books in history they did not like by burning it or removing it from libraries and public information centers. They tore down historical statues, they burned their flags, they defunded their police so only the wealthy could afford protection. They incited fear, and anyone who disagreed with the Nazis were labeled extremists, terrorists, and erased by Hitler's task forces, called the brown shirts. This is the democratic left. Obviously not to the same extreme, right? But they're... they're they're not going out and killing Jews. I'm talking about ideologically. In many principles and mannerisms and some actions, they are the same as Nazis. It's crazy. 
But this is why conservatives need to unite and take a stand and fight peacefully. Be heard. Vote red. Don't get caught up in the political diversions of Trump or conservatism or will it? No, don't. Those are designed to fragment us and let them consolidate power. Unite and take the country back through the peaceful legal means. And what I'm saying is that the impeachment proceeding is more about dividing and fragmenting the Republican Party because they know that some Republicans will vote in favor of it. Right. And so they're they're trying to fragment the Republican Party from the inside, tear the Trump voter base from the Republican Party. So that way, Republicans can't win future elections because the Trump voters are like, I'm not going to vote Republican. They're corrupt. They voted to impeach my president. That's what they're trying to do. So that way they can consolidate and keep power and they win all the future elections. Don't fall for it. If a few Republicans vote for impeachment, it's still worth it to vote them back into office over a Democrat. Uh, sure, you can vote for their opponent during the primary, but when the general election comes and it's Republican versus Democrat, I think it's almost a moral imperative at this point to vote red. And I never thought I would say that. I never thought I would tell somebody what political party to vote for. Uh, I've always been an independent my whole life. I do vote, tend to vote red more than blue, but I have voted blue sometimes. And I never thought that it would be a moral imperative to tell somebody who they should vote for and what party they should support flat out and give a, given a moral choice but it's pretty clear at this point and it's quite frankly astonishing that we're at this point in america yeah i personally think that social media and the internet is an interesting point of their time especially with how social media works and censorship you know the one thing i'm very much against is monopolies and that's how social media is nowadays you know facebook twitter instagram more. I mean, that's the only ones I have on my phone, Facebook, Instagram. Um, they're all owned by one or two companies. You know, Facebook is owned um, technically by Mark Zuckerberg. And then Instagram, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Twitter, a lot of people get their information from Twitter. I think we need more uh, social media platforms. Uh, and just Facebook and Twitter, uh, that's not how things should work. You know, we need more information backgrounds. And the fact that tech companies have banned Parler, such as Apple, Google, shows how censored our life really is. I've been a member of Parler for a couple months now. Well, was a member, you know, since they closed it. Um, and I have not seen any violence. I mean, I understand that maybe the fact that I don't follow those who incite violence, but I think that could also be that they don't, they censor out the violence as well. Like Chris has mentioned, a lot of loyal Congress members have been threatened with impeachment. I mean, in their case, throwing out them um, or even with supporting the president, you know, such as Josh Hawley from Missouri, I think Missouri, Ted Cruz from Texas, or even my own personal favorite, Lindsey Graham, um, they were threatened with being thrown out just because they supported the president and the um, articles. You know, Lindsey Graham didn't really, but I know that he was is a very big supporter of the president. I think it's downright stupid that because you support the president, you have the right to be impeached. I mean, I know I'm very calm usually, but I think it's stupid. You know, you support the president, you get called for impeachment. You know, that's kind of like, you know, but. I mean, what happened with what happened to having your own personal opinion and voting for what was right? I don't know what's going on with our country anymore. Like I'm going to mention in the next segment, I am completely worried about the future of our country. 
and I think that needs to deal with the Section 230 with a lot of Republicans and some, if any, Democrats have mentioned growth repealing to make sure that social media platforms can be held justice. Because I know with Section 230, you cannot be, I, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think this is all the little I've done research on, is that if you, if social media platforms cannot be held legal for what they did uh, with their platform. Um, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, and if, another thing that is about this Twitter thing is that Democrats are suddenly acting like they favor capitalism when it suits them. Like, it's just another example of their hypocrisy. They run campaigns on hating capitalism and wanting to implement a socialist ideology. They're actively, like, every day they talk about how much they hate capitalism. But here they're like, oh, America, free capitalist society. We, private businesses, should be able to choose what they do and who they serve, right? And who they can have on their platform. Well, first off, we're not really a capitalist society anymore. We're like a hybrid. We regulate businesses all the time, every single day. Hundreds of thousands of regulations. Secondly, um, if Twitter can choose who they serve and who they have on their platform, then the whole notion of the conservative, Baker, not, be, not uh, being allowed to refuse service to the gay couple, is stupid. Uh, if private businesses should be able to choose what they do, then every business in America should be open right now. Private healthcare providers should be able to refuse abortion when they want to. This is the hypocrisy. This is when your standards bite you in the ass. And quite frankly, the Democratic Party doesn't really stand for anything right now. They just stand for whatever will make their opponent look bad and get them power. Every single turn, they flip and flop on their views when it suits them. And I don't really know what they stand for. At least with Republicans, you generally generally know what they stand for. Sure, it differs in how uh, staunch they stand for a certain viewpoint from Republican to Republican. But you generally know where a Republican is going to come down on a given issue. Democrats, not so much. They just flip-flop, blah, blah, blah. And that's why I think it's so confusing when people vote for Democrats. Like, they never, like, like we're going to talk about it in a second with Joe Biden, right? But they never end up delivering on what they promised. They always promise you the middle, and then they give you the extreme. Uh, so moving on to Biden, because we just mentioned it, he's going to be inaugurated as the next president of the United States in a few days. Like I said in a past podcast, you know, I was going to give the Biden administration the benefit of the doubt, um, but the past week has already started to scare me. And it's off, the Biden administration is quite frankly off to a laughable start and a scary beginning. Like, if you voted for Biden and you believed what he said about being a moderate and governing for all Americans and unity, then you're stupid as hell. His administration began with those calls for unity. Those calls for unity were subsequently followed by trying to impeach, remove, and demonize the sitting president of the opposition party. Then, Biden and his goons encouraged big tech and the media in their demonization, suppression, and future erasing of 73 million Americans, their leader in political ideology, as we just talked about. Bernie Sanders is going to head up the budgeting committee. Lord help us. He has a socialist vice president, a racist far-left attorney general, and then he called for a stimulus which will permanently change the economy forever. He's advocated a $15 minimum wage that will, that will close businesses everywhere, universal basic income, uh, more welfare, reversal of all Trump executive orders, revoking the Keystone XL pipeline permit, 
regulations back on that cripple America and our economy. Your gas prices are going to skyrocket. Your prices of your everyday goods are going to skyrocket. The stock market is probably going to crash at some point. So get ready. I'm not no, I'm not a financial uh, guru or anything, but you know it might be time to to uh, look at getting into some gold or some something secure because these next few years are going to be a hell of a ride. They want uh, socialized medicine, amnesty for illegals, so much more already in the past week is being discussed by Joe Biden. Despite him saying during the campaign, you know, that he was against all of that, it doesn't really matter because his puppet masters are in the background. Like, you're going to be for it whether you like it or not. Because, quite frankly, at any given moment, if he does something that his party doesn't like, they could just say, you're old, you have dementia, we're going to remove you from office and get somebody in like Kamala who will do what we want. This is scary. We basically have a shadow president at this point. Joe Biden is the president, but he's not the president. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he has the title of the president of the United States, but he doesn't really hold much power. President Trump will hold more power out of office than Joe Biden will as the sitting president, probably. That, that That's just a fact, because Trump will still be able to galvanize his movement, talk to millions of Americans through rallies, and... Uh, implement social platforms and actually expand his movement where Joe Biden is going to be regulated and relegated to what his party tells him to do. Uh, so he it might be true that Joe Biden is a moderate, but his party's not going to let him govern as such. They have a big agenda. Uh, and I think, you know, this administration is already off to a more divisive start than Trump nearly the last four years combined, if you think about it. During Trump's presidency, what did he do to divide America? Say some mean things like, okay, don't get your feelings all in a bunch. Uh, like, Joe Biden is actually talking about actions that will fundamentally divide, alienate a section of America, and change the country forever, right? He's actively supporting the censorship of opposition sides. That's more divisive than anything Trump's ever said. He's actively calling the opposing party Nazis. Trump never called any Democrat a Nazi ever. Like the this it's already he's already using more divisive rhetoric than Trump. Trump might use more flamboyant language, right? And he might lash out and be like fake news, but that's not really divisive. That's just an opinion. When you are saying no, this is a moral fact that the opposition side is bad, and you have the moral imperative to attack them verbally and physically, like Biden and the Democrats are doing, then I think that's more divisive than anything Trump's ever said. And because actions speak louder than words, and they're talking about actions. That will erase the words of some. And as I just mentioned, the administration setting their leftist agenda in America. Like, this is the end of the America that the founding fathers envisioned. If Republicans don't take control of Congress in two years, because I think that's like the time frame we have, right? Two years, the midterms. They're already going to get so much done by the midterms, but they're the Democrats. They work slow as hell. That's an advantage that we have. But I believe a full four years unchecked of a Biden administration will be detrimental to America. So two years time, Republicans need to take back control of Congress, preferably both chambers of Congress, in time to stave off the effects of the Biden era. Otherwise, uh, GG America. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, I think I might have to sell my stock in the next couple of weeks. Um, I know I said this in the past, I'm gonna say it now. I am completely worried about this administration if what I hear is true. And I know I should be giving chances, but they're all gone. Uh, Biden's administration has caused, has called for unity. Boy, where the hell was the unity when Trump was elected? You know, um, they say that, to, oh, and 
you know, they're very divisive when it comes to what they want to do. They always attack the Republicans when they don't agree. There are just a lot of things wrong with the future of our country with Joe Biden as president and Kamala Harris as vice president, which is the other way around. You know, Kamala is Kamala Biden, you know. And I think this means we need to work harder in the next couple of years to make sure that this does not take our country to hell. One of the things that Biden mentioned was that he's going to get rid of the fracking and the oil industry, which I know they said they didn't, but they did. You know, there's videos, um, which means we will have a shortage of gas and our gas prices will skyrocket through the roof. This could be worse than the 70s. And I know a lot of trucks use a lot of gas, so that could be an impact on the agriculture industry. One of the bigger things that impacts my families as well as a lot of middle class families is the tax incentives. You know, he says he's going to get rid of a lot of Trump's elect. Um, he's going to get rid of a lot of Trump uh, executive orders. But, you know, a lot of that is tax incentives, a lot of tax help with the middle class. I know he mentioned he will not raise taxes, but who the hell says that they will raise taxes in the for the middle class? I mean, that's just a shoot in the foot, uh, whatever the thing is called, when it comes to rank for office. I mean, George President, President George H.W. Bush said in his inaugural address, and I quote, read my lips, no new taxes. You know, they had to raise taxes, but... That was because it was needed at the time. And I think it was pretty inevitable for how the country was doing with the recession. If it wasn't for Ross Perot, we wouldn't be looking at the first term of Bill Clinton. I know that's pretty off topic, but I'm going to say positive as I can. But in closing with this section, I'm going to say that I am completely worried. I'm hoping for a positive future, but with how everything's going, I don't see it with President Biden and Kamala Harris as president of the United States. I mean, I know that, like Chris mentioned, he's the president, but I mean, there there's writings on the wall. He's not going to be the president. The Democratic Party is going to be the president. He's just the figurehead. Yeah, and something I do want to mention is that I've seen a lot of people, like I've seen a lot of uh, like Trump supporters on various platforms calling for the boycott of like apple google and uh other companies right who are censoring conservatives and that's your prerogative right but i also do want to mention that conservatives and republicans now is the time to be consistent in your values right i know it's tempting to give in and fight fire with fire right but that's what they want they 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 want you to uh, create your own platform and censor them back because then it gives them the moral imperative to continue what they're doing you need to stay consistent in your values and you need to offer a rock for people to lean against and you need to let them self-destruct because everywhere their ideologies have been implemented they've self-destructed that's not to say that you don't vote against their ideologies and actively campaign against their ideologies and speak out against their ideologies i'm saying that you don't cancel call you don't cancel them you don't try to suppress their voice you don't um you don't advocate for violence against them you don't fall into the trap of doing what they're doing if you are a republican and a conservative then you stay consistent in your values that you hold because ultimately and you fight ideologically you formulate arguments and use reasoning and use words because the alternative to words and reasoning and critical thinking and conversation is violence so 
I think that they're trying to remove conversation, critical thinking, and reasoning from the public sphere so that way violence against uh, their opposition becomes the only alternative. And I think that certain points, right, it does become important for the Republican Party to have a backbone. Like the leaders, I'm talking about the people who are members of the Republican Party and like the overall citizen. I'm not talking about the members in Congress when I'm, when I'm saying what I'm saying as far as staying consistent in your principles. I think the members in Congress and the GOP need to have a backbone because it's going to be important for establishing a strong opposition to the Democratic Party and the socialist agenda that they have for America. I think that it's important for Mitch McConnell to introduce articles of impeachment against Kamala Harris to expose their double standard because if Trump's going to be impeached for inciting insurrection over a few tweets, then a tweet definitely supporting the BLM riots and a bailout fund that bails out people who commit crimes for rioting in the streets is definitely inciting and supporting insurrection and violence on our streets. So I think that it's important that Republicans counter every Democratic argument with a counter argument, right? With your words and your actions, but not with violence. You have to make sure that you call them out every turn. If they, if they say defund the police, you have to say, no, this is what defunding the police has done and offer examples. Republicans need to offer plans for stuff they have no plan for. It's so easy for the Democrats to just waltz into political office um, and hold that power when you offer no counter plans and no counter examples. When you lay down, when you just lay down and just let them step over you and break your back, it's so easy for people to say, oh, that party has backbone. I'm going to vote Democrat. You need to get your backbone and you need to come up with a health care plan. You need to come up with counter arguments and counter plans for everything that Democrats have plans for. Health care is going to be the biggest issue for years to come because they insist on making it that issue. And the, the media insists on making it that issue because they know you have no plan for health care. So you need to get a health care plan. You need to get plans for better police um, training and uh, police reform. Not defunding the police, but maybe, you know, hold them to a higher standard. They're already held to a pretty high standard. They have the toughest job in the United States, arguably, besides our men and women in the services. So you need to make sure that people know that um, not all cops are bad. Like you need to just you need to basically expose them for fomenting violence. You you need to be sturdy and you need to just let them self implode, and you need to formulate those counter arguments, as I said, and those counter policies. That's the most important thing if you're a GOP member of Congress. And for the GOP and conservative citizen, as I said, hold firm on your principles. Don't budge. Don't give in. But use critical thinking, reasoning, and um, don't don't give in when they're baiting you into violence. Don't 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 fall into doing what they're doing. Offer the counter alternative. Make make people look at the Democratic Party and be like, what are they doing? They're burning down our streets. What are they doing? They're destroying our economy. What are they doing? They're doing this because they're going to be in office. So they're going to be able to take all the blame for all the things that are happening with our country. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else to say, Kenny. Um, uh, no, that was pretty good. All right. Uh, so we're going to call it there. That was episode three of Sorry Not Sorry. Make sure to follow us on every platform that you are listening in on. Follow us on Facebook at Sorry Not Sorry. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Sorry Not Sorry. And we will see you next week.